from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, we're getting ready to close out this week, and we're going to begin the new section of the book of Malachi as we do so. Lead us in, and that'll be a good setup for the next week. We've seen the Lord's chastisement over the last couple of chapters, and, and uh, I know that's, uh, that's always, it's always hard to deal with the Lord's chastisement. But remember, that whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father the son in whom he delighteth, my son despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. And uh, so don't, don't be upset. If God loves you enough, to chasing you, but thank God. And I said, if you if you if you if you live uh, if you're not living for the Lord, you won't be looking for the Lord. And Paul said that there is a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous Judge, because He is your Judge, believer, and you will give an account of good and bad. I don't care what what your preacher says. I care about what your Bible says. And you're going to give an account. And those that live for the Lord are the ones looking for the Lord. And he was trying to chasten them so that they they would get their life, their living right, so they would get their look right. Change the outlook so they would have an uplook because the Lord is coming. In chapters 3 and 4 of the book of Malachi will declare the Lord's coming. And Malachi will continue to deal with the current sins of a restored and backslidden people. But now Jehovah begins to declare how he will right all their wrongs by the way of the first and the second comings, the glorious advents of Jesus Christ. Let me just say to you today that the presence of God has always been the only hope of a sinful and sin-filled world. Jesus has come, and he will come again. Praise God for it. We, we, we're, uh, that's the only hope we got. And in these two chapters, we're told about three men who will proclaim the coming of the Lord. Two men had already walked the earth, Moses and Elijah. By the way, they will walk the earth again in, in the uh, time of the tribulation. And that's why they're included prophetically here, because they had been, they will again. And then one man, John the Baptist, who is yet to come. John the Baptist is now come and gone. Yet the world still waits for Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. Moses, the lawgiver, Elijah, the greatest of the prophets, to come and preach to captive Israel during the tribulation, the coming of the king again. So I want you to know, as we begin here in the first six verses of Malachi chapter 3, uh, the, the time of the prophet let me just read you verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his people. And the mess even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord. Now these, the first six verses, and I don't have time for all of them today, are going to reveal to us the person, the purpose, the process, the principle, the perpetrators, and the perpetuity of the time of the prophet. So preacher ain't going to remember all that. That's right. That's why we're going to go through it one at a time. And right now, uh, so I just read you the verse, uh, the uh, verse one to show us first the person. Malachi was a messenger. Remember, his name means my messenger. Malachi is the last messenger of the Old Testament. His last message concerns the coming of the greatest prophet, priest, and king, Jesus Christ, the Lord of Glory. How fitting a message to close out the Old Testament. The New Testament closes with the same message. Jesus is coming. He has come and he's coming again. The only difference is that we add this, that, that word. Jesus is coming 
again. He has already come as Malachi foresaw and looked forward to. And Malachi foresaw both the comings of Christ, the first in chapter 3, the second in chapter 4. And here we are told of the messenger of God, who would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist would be my messenger, the messenger of Jesus Christ. By the way, Moses and Elijah at the second coming will be the forerunners, the messengers, before Jesus Christ comes in his second advent and stands and returns to the earth and stands upon the Mount of Olives. And they'll preach from that temple mount just before Jesus Jesus returns to that olive mount. And from Malachi to John the Baptist, no other messenger was sent from God with God's word for 400 years. It's, by the way, uh, it's just worthy to note that the word messenger and the word angel are one and the same in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language. There have always been messengers of the Lord. There have always been angels of the Lord proclaiming the way of the messenger, the messenger. There have been angels of God, and then there is the angel of the Lord, and the angel of God was going to come, and John the Baptist was the angel of Jesus, and Jesus was the angel and is the angel of the covenant, the everlasting covenant of his blood, as Hebrews tells us. God will send his messenger, and the messenger shall prepare the way of the Lord, and then the Lord shall cleanse the temple and come triumphantly. By the way, Jesus cleansed the temple twice in his three and a half year ministry uh, on this earth. The first religious public act that Jesus performed at the start of his ministry in John 2 was to cleanse the temple. His first act during the Passion Week, just before he went to Calvary in John chapter 12, was the triumphant entry into Jerusalem and the temple. By the way, he cleansed it again. And the purpose we see in the second part of verse number 1, uh, that he shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of my covenant, whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. He's going to tell us the purpose. The purpose of the coming of the Messiah is not shown as political nor redemptive, but judicial. In John 9.39, Jesus said, For judgment I am coming to this world. And when Jesus comes, the unholy wicked will not be able to abide the day of his coming. Who shall abide, who may abide the day of his coming? Verse 2, the very first thing it says. And uh, he says there, uh, And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. Uh, now, now look here. Uh, uh, at his first coming, sin is judged at Calvary. At his second coming, sins will be judged from his great white throne. And those who have their sin judged at Calvary will not have to come before his throne of judgment, that great white throne judgment. They will become before his Bema seat. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 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 5. But we won't become before the judgment seat of the wicked, uh, of the unsaved in Revelation 20. Now, here is another instance where the first and the second coming of Christ are mentioned at the same time. We've seen that as we've gone along all throughout prophecy. And verse 1 refers to what he will do in the temple at his first coming. Verse 2 tells us what he will do in the temple at his second coming. And those of the covenant delight in the coming. There were people like Nathaniel that Jesus saw under the fig tree, also went by the name of Bartholomew, who became an apostle of Jesus Christ, who looked righteously for the promise of his coming. There were people like Nicodemus who knew the law and were saved, and there were others as well, many of the, uh, of the chief priests that were saved. And uh, there, there was a verse, to, uh, we are of the new covenant by the blood of Jesus, but there are those who are outside of this covenant of blood. They are the ones who, of whom it is said, but who may abide in the day of his coming, and who, uh, 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 and who shall stand when he appeareth. There is coming a day when God will judge the, the earth 
and demand payment for all the sins of men who are outside of his covenant. And they're not going to be able to stand before him. They'll kneel before him and declare him Lord, but they'll never have the chance to say Savior. It'll be too late. Now, that's uh, just to kind of give you an idea, the person and the purpose. Uh, in verses 1 uh, through the first part of verse number 2, we're going to begin to look at the process when we come back uh, next week. And I hope that you'll join us as we begin to look at the process of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I hope that you'll join us as God gives you an opportunity. May the Lord bless you until our time again. No longer a in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poorhouse to the Palace. From the poor